Hi there, my name is Josh and welcome to my podcast. I believe that anything worth doing is worth doing God's way. And at this podcast, we're going to learn how simply and practically we can apply God's ways to our everyday life. Welcome back to another episode. Hope you've had a wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, my week has been good, blessed, busy as always, but we thank God. So today we're going to be discussing another interesting topic, another interesting conversation. And I want to take you back to like, uh, back to high school. So Kitambo, we used to, in, actually let me take you in the way, way back. Let's go back to primary school. So I don't know if you remember scouts. I don't know come as scouts on exist, but I remember back in the day, the scouts, the the, uh, the scouts club was a very, very popular club. Anybody who was in scouts was just like, an, in my view, very, very elite. They, they seemed to be very disciplined. In fact, thinking about it, I never saw like, scouts uniform that was ever creased or dirty or tattered or anything like that scouts are very well kept they seem to be very 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 neat and the likes but despite all that i funny enough i never had interest in actually joining the scouts i don't know why it didn't appeal that much to me despite how appealing it seemed to look like maybe i felt like it's just too much work or something of the sort but scouts are very very um well like an elite category especially in primary school but anyway coming to high school there was a club that um so in high school you used to have very many different extracurricular activities very many clubs and that that you do see see club adunda clubs these are cool you know clubs and, and so all those extracurricular activities were very good for us as students because they would allow you to you know develop skills, uh, social skills, different kinds of skills, and even being able to interact with other people from different classes and different schools. So as I mentioned before, I was into sports a lot. So through the extracurricular activities of football and the likes, is to go to different places and, and very, very nice places. Aside from that, there's another club that used to be called the President's Award Scheme. So that was another club that I I was a part of and I really, really enjoyed. There's another club that seemed to be very, very exclusive. It seemed to be very, I, how can I say it? It was for a certain bunch, it seemed to be. And how the President's Award Scheme used to go. I, I used to think it had very many things to, to be involved in it, but honestly... In hindsight, it was a very, it was simply hiking, let me just say. So what used to happen is, when you join the club, there used to be hikes every, there used to be st- trips you would take every, I think every term or every year, there used to be at least one trip that you take. So um, most of the times those trips are within the, within the country, right? and we never went outside the country, but in different counties. And what used to happen is you'd take camping trips, there are specifically camping trips, and when you go for those camping trips, you, just as I said, you camp, you set up tents, you have food supplies and you'd hike from one place to another you're given a map you're supposed to try and navigate to certain points from one point to another your rank would grow in the club the more kilometers you'd go so the more trips you take your your rank continues to grow and i remember you it was just three levels i think bronze silver and gold and once you've graduated from gold you could become now like an invigilator like an, a, a person who's like a, a team leader of some sort which also had its own special privileges the special privileges as far as i was concerned was bullying other people because that's what that's what used to happen to me a lot so at that time you find that these invigilators in fact had a client who was an invigilator at that time a person who went through the system and graduated who was a proper bully in fact he was a proper bully you'd find that 
during those camping trips, you have every morning you're supposed to wake up at, I think it was at 5 a.m. Mind you, to go to school on a normal day, I think I'd wake up at probably 6.37 Apple. So waking up at 5 a.m. was just, it was not a normal thing for me or a normal thing for anybody in school because school used to start at, I think, at around 8 Apple. Most of the times you not wake up that early. So we used to have to wake up at 5 a.m. When you wake up at 5 a.m., you go on a pick up my laps, you do exercises, you do push-ups, you do all those things. So these invigilators, it's like they used to just think, how can we punish these guys today? But it was an interesting exercise that we used to go through. And as you continue to go up in ranks, the, one of the appeals of these extracurricular activities, I think it used to go into your, I think in your transcript. So like when you clear school, you can put, uh, when you go into university, you can say that these are the things I was involved in in schools. And not only that, but you gain some certain skills, leadership skills, you lead, you can lead a team if you've gone up to a certain level. It was just a very, very nice um, activity. Plus, if you're a teenager, it's another opportunity to be with girls who come badly. So away from your parents. As a teenager, I think just being away from your parents is a is enough incentive on its own. So you'd find yourself taking a, a week's trip. I think it was five days. But those five days again, it was like survivor. Come on, with survivor. A wogi. Most times you'd refrain from going to the washroom because the place was just horrible. But I don't even know. You know, speaking in hindsight, I don't know why I went for that club, by the way. It wasn't even appealing. But anyway, it was just it was just one of those things. Like I really think it was because of girls. I honestly I think that's what it was. And maybe because of the trip. But besides that, one of the things that was fundamental, very, very what was fundamental in all these things was your fire. So like I mentioned, this was a camp. So when you go to the camp, one of the first things that you do once you've set camp was to start a fire. And uh, I bring, I remember on one occasion, on one, one of the trips, there were no tools. I think the tools in Lipotea, Amaz, they had been delayed in another bus. So the invigilators with their creativity, fire without any tools. Figure out how to. So you have to do that stick thing. You know, you rub a stick and then you're just rubbing it until you, and, until you try to get some fire. You're rubbing a stick against another stick and trying to light it up until you get some fire. So you see these things got TV, how Jaifanya in real life, and these guys have not taught you how to do it, but they expect you to figure out how to do it. I don't need to tell you that nobody's fire was lit, but eventually, thankfully, the bus did come, got our tools, and we lit our fire. So the, the reason I insist on this fire thing is because it was very, very fundamental. They used to say that you have to ensure that the fire stays on even throughout the night. So what used to happen is you're bundled, like if you're in a tent, you'll be bundled up into, I think, a group of six, six, yeah, I think a group of six people, a group of six people in your tent. And so what used to happen is to have a fire watch. So you have to stay up throughout the entire night to ensure that the fire does not go. So which watch you prefer? So you'd be in pairs of two people so that that fire goes out, the invigilators will ensure that they treat you properly. So basically, the goal of the whole thing was to keep your fire almost uh, to ensure that the fire stays on throughout the night. If you've ever heard of people who go out camping, the significance of fire is without measure because when you're out in the woods, your fire is life, you know? Fire ensures that you not only have light, but you have warmth, you have something that you can use to cook. And also, they say, keeps away uh, animals, you know? Keeps away animals from your camp. Others say it attracts them, others say it, it keeps them away, but as far as I, as I know, it keeps um, bugs and all those things out away from you at the time. And so 
the significance of fire in a camp is very, very important. Just like in the camp, we have a personal responsibility to ensure that the fire that is in our lives does not die down. We see the scriptures in the book of Leviticus chapter 6 verse 13, actually from verse 8 downwards to verse 13, that Moses was given some instructions to pass across to the priests of how to treat the burnt offering. One of the things that they were told is that once the burnt offering has been, has been burnt up basically and the ashes have been discarded, they were continuously told, I think it's mentioned about three times between verse 8 and verse 13 that they ought to ensure that the fire does not go out. In fact, verse 13 says that the fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. It was the priest's responsibility to ensure that that fire continuously burns, that that fire does not die down, that it doesn't burn out at any point. That was the priest's responsibility. And we know that according to the book of Revelation that we have been raised up as priests and kings. Well, you know, again in the scriptures, Paul speaking, talked about how our bodies are indeed the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we have a personal responsibility to ensure that the fire within our temple does not die out. A lot of times today, we have so many things that are calling for attention. So many things that will make us let's say busy too busy to take up that responsibility to build up the fire inside our own lives but just like the fire outside of the camp you find that the weaker the fire is the chances are you attract more danger towards your direction you're exposed to cold you're exposed to hunger as a result of you just simply not having that fire burning the significance of the fire burning in your own lives you find that as we talked about in the previous episode is that with spiritual growth, you find that there's a need for discernment. When the fire dies down, it's a very sad thing because you find that when fire goes down, it doesn't, it's not blown out in our own spiritual lives. Whenever you're trying to grow spiritually and maybe you've gained some momentum, you lose some momentum one day, you've been praying consistently, you've been fellowshipping with God consistently, and then a wind of change comes. Something comes and just hits you with some change that you did not anticipate. A job loss, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a friend, something that just comes that just completely seems to destabilize you. That's happened to me, especially the time I remember when we got our first child. I remember that it was such a, let me not say tumultuous, but a very, very, we were exposed to a lot of change, let me just say. Whatever was a routine before just doesn't seem to work as it was. And this time was also in a period of COVID, so everything is locked down. So basically there was a need for that, that extra responsibility, that extra need to be intentional about building, a, a building myself, spiritually speaking. And it's a tough thing to ask, especially when you're going through uh, certain changes in your life, certain situations and circumstances. But when you realize that God is indeed our lifeline, then our perspective changes. Somebody the other day asked that, should I still read the word of God even if I've had a very bad day? I told them that's when you should read the word of God, especially on a bad day. Because you find that when you're reading the word of God, when you fellowship with God, whatever you are exposing yourself to with the word of God, with fellowship with God, makes it, it becomes real and becomes practical. There's something about salvation through trials, through pains, through change that is different from when everything seems to be just rosy. Because you see, in those tough times, the word of God becomes, it moves from theory to something very, very practical. So when you talk about applying the word of God to our everyday life, when you talk about healing, praying for the sick, when you talk about believing God for advancement, 
it, it it seems fun and just a whole other thing when your pastor talks about it and everything is okay but when things are a mess when things are going haywire when you're going through a lot of change that is the time when salvation is indeed practical that's a time when now you can truly see you can truly see that this thing about faith this thing about christianity is not just another story when you're going through an emotional trial and you sit down and you read the psalms and as you're reading the psalms and the psalms are getting into you you're going through the psalms and the psalms are going through you and walking in you and giving you that sense of calm that's when you realize that there's life in the word of god when you're feeling anxious about a particular situation or you're anxious about a job interview about an examination and you sit down and you pray to god and you say holy spirit just calm me down Holy Spirit I'm feeling exhausted I'm feeling scared I'm feeling anxious and you feel him filling your heart in that particular moment at that time salvation has moved from theory to being very very practical but the only way we can go through those seasons of change is by being very intentional But how do you do that? How do you maintain the fire? Today I'll, I'll mention one aspect, one major thing that I think we may have sometimes lost the value when we are um walking through life. You see, as we continue to grow spiritually speaking, we tend to get into momentum, okay? We get let me call it spiritual momentum where you're used to going to church as a routine, you pray, you feel the presence of God, you you know how to press the right buttons per time to ensure that you you you've checked the boxes. But you find that when you do this solo whether you like it or not you're doing this by yourself you find that slowly by slowly that fire tends to die when you're in fellowship with the people of god when you're in a church in a youth group in a fellowship of some kind of prayer group your fire is built when you look at a campfire for example every there's no campfire a campfire is not a campfire when it's just one piece of wood one twig cannot sustain a campfire one twig cannot be called a fire that's just a spark but when you're talking about a blaze when you talk about a fire you have multiple pieces of wood coming together and it's a blaze the only thing that a person needs to do to reduce the fire in a piece of wood is simply take it out of the group take it out of that fireplace and that fire the fire on the other side will continue to blaze will continue to burn up maybe a little less but will continue to burn up but the hot one piece of wood will not last as long as it would have had it remained with the rest. In the same way in our own lives when we remain in fellowship when we are consistent with going to church and we are consistent and intentional about fellowshiping with people and spending time around people who pray who read the word of God who talk about God at that time our fire continues to be built up. So as we evaluate our circle ask yourself When we are sitting around our friends, how long will it take before the conversation of God comes up? How long will it take before God is actually mentioned in that conversation? Or is it just story? Stories are bold, stories are life stories, are my dame stories are pesa. But God is never ever ever involved in that conversation. I remember listening to a podcast and somebody was saying that he didn't like spending time with a particular guy because whenever he spent time with that guy, he would never ever bring up his wife. Never was a wife brought up in that conversation. And you see, when you love a person, naturally you'll speak about that person. When somebody is important to you, naturally a person who's close to you, especially in a romantic relationship, they will often come up in a conversation. And in the same way, a person who is in fellowship with God, 
will almost always bring up God in one conversation on one way or another. Somehow, you won't even, you won't even realize it, but just unintentionally too, God will come up in that conversation. So the question is, in your own circle, who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you surrounding yourself with people who genuinely talk about God, who are in love with God? who challenge you to pray more, to read the word more, to get into the depth of the scriptures more, based off of what they've said, based off of their character, based off of how the word of God is working in their own lives. If that doesn't sound like your circle, then it's probably time to reevaluate that circle. Because at the end of the day, that fellowship is what is going to keep the fire burning in your own life. And if you're at a place where your circle is draining you, where you're the only one who's teaching everybody about God, you're the one who is the only one who's talking about God in your circle, then eventually you find that you're just that one piece of wood trying to make a campfire. So I hope that this helps you. I hope that that moving forward, we can be more intentional about our own spiritual lives by engaging in fellowship continuously, by engaging and spending time around people who genuinely love and serve God. Because that way, we will be more jealous about our spiritual lives and indeed build up that fire and keep the fire burning. Remember, you're a priest and you have the responsibility to ensure that the fire on your altar does not burn out. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you've learned something. I hope you're blessed by it. If so, feel free to share it with a friend. And I look forward to seeing you next week for another episode. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this episode all the way to the very end. I'm very grateful for your time. If this touched you in any way, please feel free to share it with a friend. And if you'd like to take it a step further and contribute to this channel, you can look at the description that is in the bio to see different ways on how you can do so. See you next week. God bless.